You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. Yeah, we're snowed in. Yeah, it may be cold outside, but Liberty Hoops is staying red hot thanks to another historic shooting night from Darius McGee. The three-point king will join us to talk about his record-breaking night. Plus, we'll break down the Lady Flames basketball first loss in conference play after a tough test at FGCU. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. All right, two similar games where a comeback was needed. The men on the on the right side of their game getting the win over FGCU. Historic night, 48 points. Darius McGee just like, you know, you do a feature on him, you do all these numbers, and they're such great numbers. And then he's like, you know what, Emily, you're gonna have to do another feature on me because now I'm first in pretty much everything. Only D1 player in the country that has scored 48 points in a game. What did yeah. you see from? I mean, this guy continues to impress. I think you should take as much credit as possible for inspiring him with <laughs> with that that video you did about his stats. But yeah, I mean, you just run down the list. So 48, it's an A-Sun record. It's a Liberty record, topping Bailey Alston's 46. Most by D1 player this year. And then you think, he had 37 in the second half. Like 37, you know, in a game is absurd, but in the second half. And then he went on by himself a 13-0 run at the start of the second half to erase a nine-point deficit. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And, And to think, like, you see numbers like that, and sometimes you think, okay, was it like, you know, boys college where, no, no, no. This was a a battle on the road that Liberty had to have those points. These weren't like pressure free shots. These were crunch time need to deliver shots. And he stepped up and made them. And it was, yeah, it was an all time performance. I mean, and with the three ball either, like he was getting it done multiple ways, taking it to the rack, like his step back triples. He had that on point in that game and you know there's just so many facets he's so dangerous in multiple ways like you just can't guard him beyond the arc like he can take you uh like i said off the first dribble so oh man he's just so filthy right now i mean 16 of 25 from the field eight threes i mean he's taking 14 threes and yeah of course that's a that's a lot of you know shots period and but if darius mcgee has the ball in his hands i think like coach mckay is obviously okay with that since you're taking 14 threes and you're making eight of them, then that's some pretty good numbers. But what I like to see on this stat sheet is just the amount of assists. You know, you have Kyle Rode with three assists, Shiloh Robinson with three, Darius had two, Joseph Sant he had two. Um, so you the guys are sharing the basketball, and I think that that, again, having a guy like Darius making all these shots helps, but they're passing the ball, they're sharing, and you can definitely tell that this offense is benefiting from it. Yeah, and one thing that we've talked about too is you notice like, he kind of gauges what the team needs on a given night. So it's yeah. not just pure score, going to jack up a million shots every night. It's, all right, who else is feeling it tonight? Like, what's the flow of the game like? Do I need to take it over offensively? And he can and did. But then other nights, you know, he'll still get 20, but it, he's, he's not forcing it. And, and so I think that's maybe the most impressive thing about it. When you have the talent and skill that he does, it, it would be easy to just be like, man, I'm going to go try to score 40 every night. But that's not really his attitude. Sometimes he is more of a facilitator. And I think that that's what makes it such a headache to coach against a guy like Darius. Because if he knows his shot isn't falling, 
not saying he's not gonna like keep shooting another (laughs) eight threes until it does but he he can um be so deadly passing the ball too what do you think when you when you look around the a sun is this just going to be a home run for liberty in terms of we got the conference title in the bag even though we're only four games in no i wouldn't i wouldn't say that but i would say right now it's a three games in for liberty yeah I would say it's a home run that Darius McGee is your commerce player of the year, unless something changes pretty drastically. You know what I mean? Like that, that I feel real confident in saying at this stage, but heck, I mean, tomorrow night, Emily, you know, Jacksonville, that's a huge game Two unbeaten teams in the a sun hooking up Jacksonville. And this is the most interesting part about that matchup and why we're looking forward to it so much. Jacksonville is the number one defense in the nation. So like Liberty had been like, Oh, we're locked down. You, you know, that they've kind of been, the, the defensive team in the conference, if you will. Well, here comes Jacksonville with a new head coach, and now all of a sudden they're holding people under 55 points a game. And so it's going to be an absolute grinded-out kind of battle Tuesday night. And, you know, the winner of that game will have a, a leg up, you know, in the standings, and somebody will have their first conference loss. And you have a home game winning streak on the line with it's that true. game. So hopefully we get some of Flames Nation because I'm not trying to call out Liberty fans, but that game on Tuesday night was pretty lame. I'm well, going to need a Flames Nation to step it up. Ellie McKay was calling Flames Nation. I, out. I, I don't know. know if you saw that, but Coach McKay's Twitter, daughter man. on Twitter was like, hey, how about we make more noise for the game than for the like timeout games that happen with the toddlers dunking the basketball or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, let's see if we can crank it up a little bit. Especially if everyone on campus is snowed in. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be class tomorrow, but it's okay. You know, just get, get to Liberty Arena. We, yeah. We're going to need that place rocking tomorrow. Um, before we switch over to the women's side, Rhett, I, uh, or I want to get your opinion on Shiloh Robinson. And just like, okay, because this is a guy, I don't know why he hasn't wanted to get on the podcast. So you can't shut the guy up. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, his, his press conferences are all of 23 seconds. Um, but it's just been really cool to see a guy like Shiloh who isn't a big talker, like not even really to his teammates. He made a shot on, um, last Tuesday and it was just like really cool to see him walking back to the bench and all of his players with the biggest cheesiest smile on his face. Like it was a huge shot. And I just like, you're just starting to see him get some of that confidence that since he's a quiet guy, we haven't really seen in the past. Well, I think, you know, Matt and I have talked about him being the key. And the truth is, in this past game, you don't win that game without him. Like, you need his 7 of 7 from the floor. That's true. Uh, and I think as his confidence grows, you start to see more of his ability. Like, it's not like he's just knocking down mid-range jumpers. Like, he had a beauty reverse lay-in in that game, multiple dunks. Like, he's not afraid to take it to the net now. I think he's getting more confident with his size and his strength and the skill set that comes with that package. So, man, he is really coming into his own and, like, if Darius is gone next year, he's turning into that guy. You could see, okay, Shiloh could be our primary offensive weapon next season. And the way he's going, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. And he's one of the most efficient players in the country too. I mean, he's, yeah. he's got a seven for seven in the game against FGCU in the conference games. He's 19 of 22 from the field. Like he's just not missing shots. Like, so he, he, yeah, he, he's as good as he gets. And you talk about how good he is defensively as well. Like he's the yeah. complete package. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Coach, by the way, go ahead. Yeah, man. you're you're probably going the same way I'm going. Joseph Vincent and the job he did. Yeah. Like he he was right. incredible against FGCU as well. 
that block yeah. he had, like going underneath the screen and still having the athletic ability to block that yeah. shot from beyond the arc, like I was, I was impressed by that. Really like seeing the guys get to the line too. And we saw it more in our game on, on uh, Tuesday, Matt, but that, you know, and that, that helps when Darius is making shots from behind the arc or, or just like the three point shooting is good. Cause it really opens it up for those other players like Shiloh that can get to the rim that I think that helps just naturally with everyone's confidence on this, um, on this team. And, you know, whether it be Kyle, Ro- Kyle and you know, Keegan, he went over four, but those shots are going to fall for him. You know, we all know that that's um, going to turn around one game. And again, when Darius is that hot, has such a hot hand, how do you not continue to pass the ball to him? All right, before we talk women hoops, we have to bring in the king of the three, Darius McGee. Um, I just did a feature on you, and then you're going to go out and have a 48-point performance. Do you want me to redo that and update all the numbers because you're first in everything now? That's mm-hmm. what... That's that's a shout out to Steven Gonzalez because he he did. Did you know this was coming? <laughs> uh, honestly, I had no idea. Honestly, tell me. I know how much work you put in, Darius, and um, you basically live in the gym and have been working so hard these last uh, few years here at Liberty. How satisfying is it to see it paying off? And it has been paying off, but just such a a record breaking night with forty eight points. Uh, honestly, like the work that that's where you get your joy from just getting in here, grinding it out, going to war with your, your brothers day in and day out. I honestly, I don't think it's really like soaked in because I was just so focused in on winning the game. I had no idea how many points I had, even when my teammates told me in the, like the final point seven point one seven seconds of the game, I didn't really like, didn't really hit me. I was just trying to take care of the ball and finish the game out and didn't give them a chance to make a play on the ball and finish the shot or anything. So. I don't know. It's not really on my mind, honestly, if I'm being honest. Uh-huh. Darius, you score 41 in Hawaii against Stanford. You score 48 on the road to FGCU. I guess my question is, why don't you like Flames fans, and why don't you give them these performances here in Lynchburg? Each game is different. Each game is very different. <laughs> uh, just a matter of making reads, whether that's for me or somebody else. Like, the total score really isn't up to me. It isn't really up to anyone. Whatever happens, happens, honestly. Like you said, I saw where you said, oh, I thought I only had 20 or whatever. I didn't really know. Like, Darius. Like, is that is that real? Are you so locked in, like, that you honestly are not aware? I promise you. They said, Darius, you need to get fouled. You you score 50 points. And it went in one ear and went out of the other. Like, I did not take it seriously at all. And then after we won the game, we were just going through the uh, line, shaking hands. And then everybody kept saying it. And then that's when I was like, no, it can't be serious. When one of the coaches said it, and I was like, okay, yeah, it might be true. So when you're when you're in the zone, like, okay, you're not keeping track of how many points you have, but you have to know that you're in this rhythm. Like, you're just stroking it. What's that for? like for you? Like, do you kind of get the feeling like, okay, like it's going down for me tonight. Everything I touch is going to gold. Not really. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just a matter of reading each and every possession, each and every action. Like, you always have to make the right read, play, like, each given play, whether that's they're stepping up and kind of taking things away so you have to keep the ball moving so we can continue to keep flowing, or you have enough space, and it's a great shot within the offense, so you, you have that freedom to take that shot. So it's just a matter yeah. of reading. And it also shot- helps the ball goes in, though. 
You shot one though that was you weren't even in the TV screen. Like, <laughs> like we're watching it from home, and you're like not even on the screen. All of a sudden, the ball just comes from out of the screen and goes through, like from near half court. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but man, you were you were firing it. You put in the work day in and day out, day out. So like, you when you go into the game, you get in those situations. You have the confidence and you have the reps in the bank to shoot those shots. So. I think the camera was just a little bit zoomed in on the court, so it looks further than <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure okay. that was it. Yeah, yeah. Is, is there anything that you've done differently this season, or what is it about just your scoring success and, and what you've been able to do and some of the numbers you've put up? What has changed, or if anything? Uh, just trying to make sure, like, as I'm watching film, just reading. Like, you want to be able to recognize so you can execute whatever is going on in the given possession. So, like, that's the biggest thing for me especially in these given years, just trying to make sure I can recognize what's going on on the court. And I also have in my bank, like the concepts or the actions that we can run to capitalize on how the game is being played. So I would imagine typically when a guy scores 48, there's not a lot of like regrets, especially in a win, but how much would you like to have finished that dunk on the FGCU big man that you had? That was, I mean, that would have been an all timer. <laughs> it's not a lot of opportunities to dunk, and it's definitely yeah. cuts in half when you're five nine. But you always want to make dunks. Like it's two points, whether that's uh, if they don't blow the whistle, then we're out of a possession. Honestly, so I do kind of regret missing it because it was opportunity. Darius, you've made more three pointers in '73 than 17 schools in the country. Are you just more honored by how well you're shooting the ball, or are you more? like upset and feel bad for those schools that they can't even as a team make 73 threes. <laughs> I think those schools probably have different things. Like their system is probably different and they probably proud different things than we do. We have a great offensive system. Shout out to coach DJ and we have great players. Like we don't get shots up if everybody's not working together. So if guys aren't screening, guys aren't cutting in offense, we just all look like we're standing out there and nobody's doing anything. There's been a lot of really good players. Over the you know fifty you know years Liberty University's been around, however many years they've been playing basketball, have you let that sink in at all? That like, okay, you just did something that has never been done before. Like, what does that mean to you to know that you've done something like that? Probably similar to the game itself. Like, it really hasn't just sunk in. Like, I always appreciate the alumni of where I go. Like at Blue Ridge, we have a very strong like kind of alumni group so it's the same thing here like you always pay respects to those that come before you and the body of work that they like just place into the program and its history so uh it's it stacks pretty high but i always put them before anything that i've done did a bunch Why? of those guys reach out to you about your big night on saturday like home? yeah most of the guys that uh like i play with that have left the program like they were definitely the first ones that reached out because to them i'm still the little brother so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Did they tell you if they were here, they never would have let you get that many shots to get to 48? Hey, Mayo says that every day. I definitely got a numerous of those texts. Well, I want you to know, if you're getting close to 50 in a home game, like, Emily and I are going to be yelling at you from the sideline to make sure you're oh, yeah. aware so that you can go ahead and, and, and hit 50. It is not that important, honestly, guys. Hey, Darius, I'm curious on um, how you've embraced this role as a leader and a veteran on this team. You know, some of the other guys talk about how much you poured in Isaiah Warfield and just what has that role been like for you? Uh, it's definitely different, but I think as a leader, you also have to be able to not just give out responsibility or like tell guys when they lack lacking in things, but you also got to be able to take 
that same thing when guys are telling you. To, so I'm no good of a leader if I don't have Keegan or Kyle in my ear. I'm not that good of a leader if they aren't giving me feedback of like how I'm talking to them or what they see on the court and me being a leader, but taking that in and meshing that with my own perspective and like, okay, so what do y'all think about us doing it this type of way? So it's definitely challenging, but it, it's a great, honestly. And it builds a relationship with one another. Like, because they feel like they can come and talk to me on the basketball court, they definitely can come and talk to me about something life-related or just a situation that they got going on in their personal life. So it all ties in together. Last thing for me, you guys have gone on the road now and won two conference games. You have a lot of guys who either haven't done this before, you know, they're, they're young, new to the program, you've been saying people's, or they're in bigger roles than they've ever been in before, like a Shiloh. How proud have you been with the way they've handled that, you know, winning on the road? It's not easy. Tremendously. And these, we definitely just had two tough road games. Shiloh, his transition and just the work that he puts in on a day to day basis, like, it's no shock to us. Joseph Vincent, we all knew his capability and just his demeanor and mentality, like it's unmatched in my opinion. So that's always going to be a separator. And Brody Peoples is definitely a very talented individual and he's getting more and more comfortable as the season progresses. So I'm definitely excited for all three of those guys and a bunch of others just to see him. Like, knowing that I'm fourth year senior, it's like, wow, these, these are my brothers. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do when they get in my position in their last year and they're the leader because their personalities are so different. So they got to find a way to you know, get outside of themselves and do what they need to do. As you go through a game like this, do you notice the coaching staff treating you any differently in this past game? Like, is it more like, you know, he's fine. We're not going to talk to him or are they trying to maybe scheme more? I know that you're the main trigger man, but are there more possessions going through you than normal? Nah, if y'all just heard how I got burnt up in film on the other end, <laughs> y'all would never know. But uh, our coaching staff, they definitely believe in us as players. So we always give them like our feedback of what we see on the court, and they give, give us kind of like uh, like a rubric, in a sense, of what we should do. And But we also have the freedom to go and make plays as the game progresses. So. So you're a scoring threat, but then some nights you want to distribute the ball. Is this something like a rock, paper, scissor thing you do to decide before tip-off, or how does that work? It's like a chess match. Yeah. That's what I treat it as. Like, I've been in a – well, I was in a chess club from, like, fifth grade on, so. Really? Yeah. So I kind of treat the basketball the same way. Like, there's a lot of different actions going on, so there's counters to everything. So, like I said, that's why recognition is the biggest piece. You got to be able to see and make decisions on the fly. So you got to have those answers in, your, in the back of your pocket. That's why I've never played chess. Darius, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to seeing you tough test against a Jacksonville team. What are you expecting? You guys have the home winning streak on the line with um, another tough A-set opponent coming to town. Uh, another well-respected opponent coming in. Uh, I think the practice we just had, guys are very intentional. They're very, like, we don't ever take the gas pedal off for anybody. So I think guys are excited. They're ready. So we just have to come in here tomorrow, be who we are, do what we do on both ends of the floor, and put our best foot forward. All right, go do some team building. You know, maybe build a snowman or something out there. Not much else going on with all this snow on the ground. So. I'm from North Carolina. I'm not a fan of the snow. So i <laughs> in the house. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, Darius. Great game. Can't wait to see you uh, do it again tomorrow. Yeah. You guys enjoy your day. Thanks, Darius. 
All right, always so fun to talk to Darius. What a great guy. Uh, let's switch gears to the women's side. Rhett, big game on Saturday night for the Lady Flames looking to take down FGCU. They had the opportunity, but came up short. Yeah, this is, you know, that it's promising. And at the end result, I'm not surprised by because FGCU is just really tough to play at their place. And they've Coach Mesco has had them dialed in for years now. So that's a really good team down there. And they hardly ever lose in their building. But I think if you're Liberty and you look at the fact that, hey, we were in that game right till the bitter end going, you know, we had a couple of leads. Unfortunately, we'll let them slip. But still, the fact that you were in that game throughout for the full you know, time allotted, all four quarters, that has to be super promising. And then you look at, too, who's stepping up like D Brown, 15 points, right? She is really coming to her own the last three or four games offensively. Yeah. Priscilla Smingy has a career night for LU with 15 points coming off of protocol. She's looking solid. So you've, Amber, like, if I'm coaching your red three, coming out of protocol. Yeah, yeah. She's had one game back, but still, you're right. You know, she's still just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Had 11 points in that game. So, yeah, you got to be happy. You got to be happy with the performance you had. You want the win, but still, it's not like you went away and this team's been destroying conference foes for the last five years, it feels like, by double digits every single game. So the fact that it was a nail-biter to the finish, the Lady Flames have to leave there, especially being on the road, believing we can get this done February 24th at home. Like, it's going to be our turn. Yeah, and hopefully that's that's the attitude they can take out of it, right? And not so much dwell on, we let it get away. Because, you know, you have an 11-point lead with about two minutes to go in the third quarter. You have five turnovers in the fourth quarter, two of them in the last, like, minute 10. So, yeah. like, it was right there. But the thing about FGCU is you don't just – they're not going to let you get away. Like, you have to earn it. You have to take it yeah. from them. You yeah. know what I mean? And turning over the ball and still expect to beat a team like FGCU. Right. So, so Liberty didn't quite seal the deal. But, yeah, hopefully they can take that, that – okay, well, let's get them at home. We know we can hang with them. And if you're FGCU – how many A-Sun teams have pu pushed you to the limit like that? Right. Not, not many, right? So maybe they're thinking, oh, okay. Uh, maybe a little doubt creeps in. They're like, oh, maybe this team can hang with us. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, really impressed with them. The other thing that was interesting for Liberty is they only made one three-pointer. That's a season low for them. Yeah. They only shot seven, so they weren't shooting a ton of them. But you can say, okay, we clean up, you know, a couple, you know, fewer turnovers, we hit another three or two, like we're walking away with the win here. So it, that that hopefully is very encouraging for them. And so, to my opinion, only had nine points in that game. Like that's not going to happen too often. I think in a big game like that, that your star center only comes away with nine points when she's averaging close to 16 on the year. So that's another aspect to look at when you think, okay, I uh, the, the tide could turn in our favor when we're at home. Yeah. So men at home against Jacksonville this Tuesday, Seven o'clock tip, women at home against Jacksonville, seven o'clock tip. So make sure you make your way to a Liberty Arena for both of those matchups. Moving on to a little football talk. I know I'm throwing you guys a little curveball. Um, some new coaches on staff for Liberty football, um, which the exciting thing of the um of the the coaches that they added are the amount of experience at power five schools as well as um, the NFL level, because you have, help me out here, Matt. I'm pulling up the release. I should, here we go. Here we go. There you go. We got, well, we already talked about Josh Aldridge being the co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, Jack Curtis, co-defensive coordinator. He's moving to safeties. 
Um, and then some of the additions are Jamie Garrett. He's a defensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns. How much is this going to help? I mean, the D-line, Coach Free says it all the time. You need to have a good quarterback and a good defensive line. And if you have those two things, you can really build a team around it. How much is this going to benefit this football team moving forward with so much NFL experience with Coach Garrett? Yeah, well, I mean, number one, he inherits a lot of talent, right? That's a place that's really deep. You know, that, so many of those young defensive linemen you felt like showed flashes last year. And, I mean, you just roll through the list. You know, Kenny Charles had a really impressive stretch. Uh, yeah. Sings, you know, off the edge. You know, obviously we know what, what Treshawn Clark can do. Like, the, a lot of those guys ha have stepped up and shown you things. And so you feel like they're going to get better and better. The Rev, Rhett, your boy, the that's Rev. Right. Got, got to get him healthy. He's got oh, so man. much talent. Preach. So you bring – you bring yeah, you bring in a guy now in Coach Garrett who has the credibility number one. I mean, he's he's coaching a really good. I mean, he's, what Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett on that defensive line in Cleveland. Like, so he's coached some dudes, and he has that kind of credibility coming in. Uh, I I, mean, I think it's going to be a great fit. Obviously, he has ties to Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss. You know, going back a ways. But uh, I think that'll be a good move. And the main thing is too, you keep Josh Aldridge. So you had to find a way to keep him in the fold. And uh, while, you know, he was so great with the defensive line, I'm sure he'll continue to be great uh, just sliding back uh, to, the, to the linebackers. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's a great move. That's one that jumps out. You hear the NFL, you hear the Browns, that's immediately kind of like, oh, okay, this, this guy, he probably has been around some big-time players and can impart some good wisdom to these guys. Yeah, I think and then you banks. Go ahead, Brett, sorry. I think it makes the Curtis hire from last year look – like you kind of understand the thought process behind that more now where it's not like, okay, I'm not saying he wasn't deserving, but I think coach free saw the future. Like, Hey, Simons is going to be a real, you know, gem that people are going to want to hire. I need to bring in a guy that has some DC experience and be able to have him step in when needed. So I think that's going to be huge too, to have a guy there as a voice and coach freeze likes, likes the co offensive coordinator. Look, he likes the co defensive coordinator. Look. So I think he and Aldridge will work really well together. And I think Aldridge keeping him was the key. Like Matt yeah. just said, like his ability to recruit on that defensive line. We talk about it. it's the most depth and most talented area that Liberty has. And now he has an opportunity to spread that, mojo he's got going on the whole defensive side of the game which i think is going to be huge and i think it's going to be exciting just having a, a few new faces in the building sometimes when you shake things up just a little bit it's not like we're wiping out the whole defensive side but it is nice to have um a few new faces and, and bringing some fresh perspective um for this team to continue to grow you have chris klinakis i believe is how you say his name offensive line coach and then darius eubanks coming from georgia state which is exciting so you never know what kind of ties these uh, coaches have you at uh, Georgia State being in Atlanta. You know, there's a lot of recruits coming out of Georgia. So hopefully yeah. he can just, you know, pick up and bring those recruits up to the mountain. All right. That's all we have today for the Flame Central podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear some more football talk, listen to last week's conversation we had on Hugh Freeze. So you can always catch up on past episodes. We'll see you right back here next week.